0: This is the Luminette Collective Podcast brought to you by AAB Consulting and I'm your host Shan Parker. Today's guest, Jeff Leask is the founding director of Clay Hills Consultancy and he specializes in delivering business success through planning, innovation and ambition. Jeff's done it all over the years from sailing with the merchant navy to running pubs with his brother and spearheading the success of Young Enterprise Scotland as their CEO. He shares his experiences including the challenging moments that shaped him like navigating the the complex merger of the Prince's Scottish Youth Business Trust with the Prince's Trust and how that period in his life affected his mental health. Jeff's story is full of valuable insights, lessons on the importance of adapting and he shares his favourite saying more than once which is, you can do it yourself. A mantra which has been a apparent in one way or another with everything he has done. To hear more, stay tuned. Jeff. Thanks so much for sitting down and having a wee chat with us today. You're probably thinking, what have I signed myself up for with this lot turned up and don't really know what to expect, but we'll have a really good chat, I promise.
1: <laughs> I, I've been looking forward to this for, ever since you asked me, however oh, many weeks ago. So have you done I,
0: anything like this before?
1: Aye. Uh, well, small things. Yeah. Uh, small things. Yeah. I, but to be honest, the things I've done, I've usually been sat in your shoes.
0: Oh, this will be so, interesting So I, I
1: usually am usually the one who's... Uh, Leading or so, probing or asking. At the end questions. of this, I want
0: two bits of feedback. One bit of feedback: How did I do? And the other uh-huh. bit of feedback: What was it like to be in the interviewees?
1: Interviewees chair. Chair. Right. Yeah. I shall give you it off air.
0: Thank
1: you. i you off air.
0: So, the way we start these normally is around about your bookmark moment. So I'm going to try and get you to think about a time where you had choices and you could have done one or the other. But whatever you picked ended up getting you to where you are today. Now, it could be anything. It could be like right back at school. It could be in the last 10 years. It could be, I was going to say last week, but that doesn't really, that's not very interesting. is it? So what's what's coming to mind? What could be your bookmark moment that we can talk a bit more about?
1: There's been lots of different yeah. things. And I'm sure everybody yeah. starts their response with that. Say there's lots of things. But I... I I think the thing that was probably my bookmark moment and the one that's uh, continued to have influence on me many, many years on is in 1977. Oh, great. 1977, uh, the, the cost of a, a Daily Star newspaper was five pence, I oh. think, if you ever bought the Daily Star, The Sun, might have been five pence. God knows how much a broadsheet was. I only say that because I worked in a paper shop at the Sweet time, so I can remember <laughs> the prices. But in 1977, there was there was something significant happened in the UK, uh, particularly started off in London, and, and that was the punk explosion. The punk explosion. And uh, the the, whether you want to call it rebellion of youth mm-hmm. or... Uh, whether you want to say it was uh, an implosion or an explosion against what young people were seeing around about them. It was that time in 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 the UK that I think things changed, but because of that change, it changed me.
0: Mm. So Tell me, what happened? What happened? What age uh, were you? What were you uh, so i
1: I In 1977, I was 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was living in a small rural town in the Scottish borders, a little place called Jedburgh.
0: Oh, I actually know that. My Do auntie you? and uncle live in Jedburgh. Do they? Yes. Oh, yes.
1: right. Well we'll, well, we'll not announce their names on air. I'll <laughs> we'll tell
0: you their names. I'll tell you after. Uh, you tell
1: me after <laughs> Jedburgh. So you've got an idea of what it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think population circa 4,000. Yep. The borders is it hasn't the Scottish borders as a region has no real main town. It has lots of little towns. Uh, the people in Hoy and Galashiels yes. might fight it out for who's the biggest, mm-hmm. uh, and they did in many ways, whether it was in sport or whether at that time it was on a Saturday night in the streets uh, in various ways. So I was brought up in Jedburgh. Uh, and, you know, as a young person, you either you, you, you went along with what was fed to you and what was there for you. Uh, I loved football. They didn't play football at school, so I had to play rugby, which you, so you fell in the system. You played rugby uh, and, you know, not much changed. You, you Some people strove to get away and, and go to university or whatever it might be. And uh, not a lot changed it just rolled along and rolled along as it was but that that punk explosion had an impact on me that young people said they could do things differently uh, and that you know if, if if things weren't there for them they would make them they would do them themselves they would create ways of of, of doing that. And I think that from that day, it's made me think in that way that actually, you know, uh, DIY is, is, is the way to do things. If you can, if you can't, if there's nothing there for you, then then change it and do something that suits you. Uh, and if we, if we use the punk music as an example, uh, you know, you think uh, punk bands couldn't get anywhere to play so they would they would rent their own rent their own places find a place mm-hmm. nobody would sign them for record deals so they'd create their own mm-hmm. records uh, nobody would write about them in the mainstream press so they would created their own magazines fanzines mm-hmm. they created their own anti-fashion statements etc and, and that was just a blissful period it lasted for quite a short period of time okay in in the true ethos of because Like all things, people with capital, financial capital, recognize there's something there, and therefore they can take that and they can uh, capitalize on that Mm -hmm. and make money. And actually, eventually, what was punk as was in 77, 78, uh, became quite mainstream in a way, mainstream record labels, mainstream fashion, Mm -hmm. All that sort of stuff, but the bit that you can never take away is what's in there, mm-hmm. in in people's heads, mm-hmm. and I think that impact on people of my age, around about there at that time, has a lasting legacy on on, on many people around my my age mm-hmm. today. So
0: it's interesting you say you were fourteen. Uh uh-huh. I might butcher this, but um, might I might butcher this. All I right, might get okay. it wrong, Jeff. Right. My uh, colleague, Julie, is right into psychology. She's brilliant. No. And there's something about when you are 14, your brain almost sticks in terms of what you know at that time and you'll never forget it. So it's almost like if you think back to your fourteen and if you looked in the charts to see what was the top ten or whatever, mm. you'd be able to recite the word to every song, provided that was your jam and you know, yeah. you were into it and all the rest of it. There's probably an equivalent, whether it's books or uh-huh. films or whatever. But it's really interesting that you say you were fourteen at that point, because that's there's there's something scientifically that happens within your brain that yeah. sticks. So
1: no, I, I, I'm no psychologist, and no expert, <laughs> but I've actually heard
0: have you? somebody
1: say that before. Right. Not necessarily with regard to me, yeah, yeah. but with regard to broader mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. around about that age mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the, the recollections that you can have. Yeah. So I, I think there must be something in that. Must
0: be something in must that.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway, that's cool. Yeah. So you're 14 uh-huh. and you've got all this stuff going on. Uh-huh. Beyond that age, back in those days, what was the done thing? Was it finish school, get a job? Was it finish school, go to uni? Finish school, travel? What was the thing that, you know, everybody kind of did? The in, traditional route? There, yeah.
1: uh, we had two there, we had one big factory and then there was another big factory came along. And considering there's 4,000 people in the town, you know, one of those factories employed 400 people yeah. and the other one went on to employ uh, three or four hundred people. Mm-hmm and then you had agriculture mm-hmm. uh, and the trades and I, I, to be honest maybe some I didn't know I, you know I never even knew what things like that were local government you know yeah. you, I had no idea what civil service were and mm-hmm. all that sort it was just a weird thing that some people went off to work and they wore different clothes to everybody else <laughs> but so that, that, that was pretty much it and then you were you were you were corralled at school there was like a focus of attention on that exit route and what you're going to do. Yeah. And you were, st- I think, that, uh, I think the school had expectations. They, they, they had you, they probably had you marked out from the day you joined to the day you left mm-hmm. and what you were going to do, etc. cetera. Uh, I, but I, I left school in 1980. Uh, I spent between 77 and 80. Pretty much doing average at school, mm-hmm. but working a lot. I, 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 I had sort of uh, sometimes three jobs, uh, generally two, and, and occasionally one, one in the morning, one in the one in the afternoon, one at the weekends. But all I, I had a reason for doing it mm. because I could buy records.
0: Ah, that was your vice. gigs. You okay. See. So,
1: so actually, that that was that 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 was a whole reason mm-hmm. that that you did all of that and as i approached my exit you know i could have stayed on for six years but I, god i couldn't stand it mm-hmm. and uh, i applied you, you'll know lots of airlines you're a lot younger than me you could read them all off mm-hmm. like jet two right in easy jet the list goes on mm-hmm. right but probably about then there was two uk airlines okay British Airways and British Caledonian. Oh, British Caledonian's gone off the top of your head. Yeah, and I thought I could become an airline pilot.
0: Oh, and, Ooh.
1: and uh, the the stupidity of youth or the naivety of youth. So I applied, and both said, uh-uh. right, so, "Uh oh." So, but and, you know, you have you have a you have another light bulb moment, and, and I don't know what what was uh, what. Uh, a careers education or careers guidance was like for you oh, a wee bit uh, dire I won't lie. It,
0: it, it was dire yeah. I mean it was dire 1980
1: it, it, it involved a room with lots of uh, folders yep. ring back folders yep. with magazines in it and magazines and laid out all over the place and there was this one caught my eye and it had a it had a ship on it you know and I was just all oh, right, so I can't get in the air. So I get one way to get out of this hellhole <laughs> is maybe to go to sea. So I, I wrote down all these different addresses and things. Like I think I got to take the magazine or the booklet away, and and that was in the day when you then had to write your letters out by hand. Oh God, and, laborious, uh, laborious. The same letter to to four. I think I wrote to four companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, write the same letter, applying for uh, what was an apprenticeship in the Merchant mm-hmm. Navy. And uh, I got two responses. I got one in Southampton offering me an interview and one in London offering me an interview. The Southampton mm-hmm. one came first. So that was in the day, well, you know where Jedborough is. Mm-hmm. I got a lift at the crack of dawn at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. I got a train in Newcastle, London, underground. Uh, the other part of London, Southampton, taxi, interview half an hour, and then the rev- reverse back. Do you know <laughs> what you did? Yeah. Uh, and they, they, I got a letter back from them in about three days' time, uh, saying I'd been accepted. Great. And that was the people that uh, five banana boats.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: So I was over the moon, but uh, I thought I had an interview the following week with this other company in London. I accepted the one in Southampton, Ooh. right? But I still went for the interview. I, I thought I'm getting paid to go to London. Yeah,
0: we've all done that. There's hundreds
1: of record shops in yeah, London. Yeah,
0: of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of record shops. I might even get a gig or something yep. like that yep. in London. So off I went. I never, I, I had no, no intention. But I think that showed through. I never got accepted. Oh, really? So, was, mm, uh, okay. so that was me. That was my exit strategy from JetBlue. Right. right. I remember that.
0: That's funny you say about the careers office I, I'm actually struggling to think because I, I I don't know there was ever a careers office as such in in my school it was very much a, a whim of oh what are you thinking about doing oh, I want to do this I want to do that um, and I think I've said on here before that I my first thing was I'd like to be a movie star clearly that didn't work out. Um, But, you know, here we are. You're
1: behind the camera now. You've you've got where you wanted to. I mean,
0: but you're just so naive and it's almost like, how are you supposed to know? I don't think it's possible to know. Um, So the fact that you saw a magazine with a boat on it and made a decision and went for it and got it, good for you. Great great and talk to me about that first trip leaving home (gasps) packing your bag how long were you away for I was away
1: for five months that time five months but you know the best thing about that whole experience was I went down on the uh, the sleeper from Berwick uh huh and uh, my mum and dad came to Drop me off and wave me away. Oh. I can imagine my mother. Oh my mom, yeah, got her tissue. <laughs> never showed it yet, but anyway, <laughs> And and you're alive in London, mm-hmm. and that was in the days before you had a mobile phone or anything like the that. Heck? And uh, all I had was this letter because everyone was done by letter, and I had to uh, get to Heathrow to catch us the flight to go to uh, Bremen in Germany. Right because The ship was going to be in Bremerhaven, right? And I had to, somebody would meet you at Bremen, right? That's all I had. So you go all the way out to Heathrow and you go to the check in desk, and the, 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 the woman says, behind the desk, says, uh, There's a message for you here. You have to phone this number in Southampton. Well, I thought, That's okay. So I phoned this number in Southampton. Once you found enough, top two pence for a phone or ten pence, a cheap call was. Two pence. You'll not remember that. I, I
0: do remember, do remember that two Two ps. P- Two i p- I'm two over p- thirty. Uh, uh, two
1: p's and ten p's. <laughs> yes. and you're chucking them in like that, try it as fast <laughs> as you could. Uh, and and I phoned Southampton. They said the ship's been delayed. We've booked you into a hotel in London. they Give me the address, and you have to come back out to Heathrow the following day for the same flight at the same time. Right. I said excellent. Result. so That's great result. Yeah. So into London, into the hotel, dump my bags. Straight out, had a copy of the New Musical Express, saw what was on, and the specials were on at Hammersmith Pali, 1980. So there I was. I was a real bonus to that, joining that ship. There I was at Hammersmith Pally, seeing the specials. Fantastic. A wee boy for Jedbra at Hammersmith Pally. What age were you? 17. Yep. 17. Brilliant. 17 and a half, there you go. Wow.
0: That's cool. And then next day, next back day over off,
1: to Heathrow. Over to Heathrow, yeah. out to Germany. Mm-hmm. I was, do you know it was a? I like anybody starting a new job. You know, uh, I was speaking to a young lad yesterday, mm-hmm. seventeen or eighteen, being a way to start a new job. And do you know it's a? It's a hugely daunting experience. Yeah. I mean, jumping way forward, and and I, 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 we'll, we'll maybe talk about when I was at Young Enterprise for ten years mm-hmm. as chief exec. I used to, it was. It was. It was. Everybody had it, in as part of their mantra that when somebody new started, particularly a young person, because we employed uh, how to, how you had to treat and look mm. after somebody, because somebody knew going into a job, if it's a first job, yeah, whatever way you paint it for them gonna their expectation is when they go to the next one it's gonna be exactly the same. So if you make it awful and bad and uh then then you've you've just you've done so much damage. Mm-hmm. So you've you've got to be so careful that. I don't think they were very careful at uh Fifes line when I got away, but anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> we survived. We survived.
0: Well you did it. I mean how how many years were you there for? How long uh,
1: did you? I did four years with mm-hmm. three and a half, four years with Fifes. Mm-hmm. And then kept getting made. I get made redundant at the end of my apprenticeship. It was, remember, this was the early eighties. That's and, it. That's the uh, times. All sorts of stuff, uh, and I ended up getting a job. I worked on chemical tankers for three and a half years. So I did. Right. I think I did about seven years in total in mm-hmm. the merchant navy. Mm-hmm. But wonderful experiences. Yeah. So some wonderful places.
0: I think I told you before, when we spoke, that my um, my partner Doug. He is well. He was in the Merchant Navy. He now works um, in the sort of drilling side of oil and gas. He's offshore offshore now. But he did 16 years of college, all the rest of it, Uh got to captain, did one trip, and then decided, you know what, I'm going to go and do the drilling instead. Do the
1: drilling Um, instead.
0: Because it's more, you know, um, for less Less, responsibility. Um, So that's, it's interesting, and I wonder how the Merchant Navy differs sort of now versus when you did it. It almost sounds like it doesn't really differ that much in terms of, you know, the time away from home, very similar. Um, The sacrifices you have to make, very similar. But the life experience and the places you get to see, my God, all over the world, you know? It
1: it probably doesn't Mm. differ too much. I would say the big difference is probably whereas there might have been 30 of us. Mm you're probably lucky on some of these that's right. similar sized ships would be down to 14 or 15
0: that's, right. that's true
1: people yeah uh, uh you know with technology and, mm. uh, and and they're very slick operations now I mean, oh, yeah. I mean i mean we'd be in port in the early 80s and you know dock workers would go home at night or they'd work mm-hmm. during the Jeez. night and you'd be off during the day you know it's just mm-hmm. everything's Evelyn's 24-7 now so I'd imagine it's quite a it's quite a tough full on full on now I'd imagine yeah
0: sort of non-stop but then when you're home you get the time off and that's great you know I don't know what it was like when you did it but when he did it it's very much you're away for four months okay you're off for four months in to kind of balance out
1: so interesting maybe you can go on tour and watch bands everywhere.
0: you would have loved that. Eh? <laughs> I did, yeah. It was superb, fun.
1: superb fun.
0: Fab. That's given us a wee insight into your early years. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, and I didn't know that you were so into your bands. Are you still very much into your music now? Is that yeah, uh, a hobby yeah. and an uh, interest? I
1: was away to see, th- I-, I was out on Friday night to see uh-huh. three bands. In oh Stullard, yeah? Nice. Uh, the Bug Club. Okay. Bikini Body. And uh, Bin Juice.
0: Wow, and they all start what? with a B. Is that on purpose? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> uh, but they were okay. They were okay on Friday night.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, so it's a huge part of my life.
0: That's ace. And I,
1: and I still I do a radio show as well. So.
0: Do you? I thought uh, you had a voice for radio. I was going to say. A voice
1: for radio, not for television. <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 uh, I, so I, I, I love doing radio and yeah. playing. Stuff. Do you play
0: weird. any instruments?
1: Nah, no, no, nah. never
0: really got to that.
1: I was, a, I was a singer in the punk band. Right, there of
0: course. How could I make that mistake? <laughs> and, no,
1: my brother's a guitarist, so very good. Uh, and my other brother can play guitar, but I never
0: just wanted to master... be front and center in front of the microphone. There front you go. And front and
1: center.
0: <laughs> you briefly touched on a moment ago your time. At yes, Young uh-huh. Enterprise in yeah. Scotland. Um Was that straight after? What? Where did we go after the Merchant no, Navy? What so happened? Merchant
1: Navy. It, it was was. You you talk about earlier on about bookmark moments. Yeah, yeah. And it it all goes back to that fourteen year old person that mm. says, "Actually, you can do it yourself. You can do it yourself," and uh so i I was working in the merchant navy i was i was doing shorter trips i was doing about eight weeks two months and six weeks off or something like that and and you know you'd go home and then you'd be told you'd been made redundant uh but then they'd say you can have your job back on the same ship but it's now registered in the philippines and you're going to get paid and U.S. dollars from Hong Kong or something like that. You know. So, you, and and then you, it, it went on and on and on until, until eventually, I said, "This is this is no, this is no, uh, yeah. no future in this." I, so I just jacked, you know. I just I, I honestly just, I I came up to Glasgow here mm-hmm. from the borders. And we had a thing called the Shipping Office in Glasgow at the Brumier Law, pretty much down where uh, all these fancy offices are for okay. the Scottish government. And that, oh yeah, know? yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, and and I remember walking yeah. in, and saying, I'm just jacked. And he says, he says, I, I remember the boy saying, I I didn't, I don't blame you, son. Right? Yeah. And I, So I had no idea what I was going to do, no idea whatsoever. But I'd always wanted to do things for myself. Always wanted, and so I wanted to have my own business. But I, I, I knew I wanted to do it in some sort of hospitality thing so I, I I got I worked in I worked in a nightclub in Gala Shields I worked in a country house hotel uh, and I worked in a hotel in Edinburgh. and I worked in a bar in Edinburgh just learning yeah learning the ropes until eventually uh, I saw a property for sale in Hoye that was run down it was a bar. And I got enough money together with my brother because I managed to make a few quid in the Merchant Navy and we got enough from the brewery, some for the bank, and we bought this pub. I was, age, I was aged 26. He was aged 22. Nice. 22. It was a pub that had really crap reputation, fighting... Um. Uh, hence the reason it was cheap. <laughs> uh, had everything going wrong with it, and then we had to persuade the licensing board and others to uh, enable us to have a license for this property, which we did. Uh, and off we set, and, and, and we, we we opened the number ten bar in Hoye, and we put guess what we put on did we put on oh, live bands? Live bands? of
0: course <laughs> and yeah. we did it all
1: ourselves everyone nice. was diy you mm-hmm. know just just we did if you didn't if you if we didn't know how to do something we made it up and made it up made it up until you you learned and my god we had some awful times Ooh. really it was really tough you know yeah. really tough but it makes you and uh, uh there was there was one time when the police tried to close us down, they tried to take our li- license off us because in noise, under the Noise Pollution Act, I got certain the, the men in uniform came along with the lawyers and served us with this document to say uh, under the Noise Pollution Act we were being, so I had to fight. I remember going to the courts, the licensing court, and then I remember the power of the people regulars it's another strong thing for me about community yeah. whatever community so the community that came into our bar were punks skinheads hippies heavy metal rockers they're all they were the ones that never fitted anywhere else oh i love that right yeah. so they and there was unity in that coming together And and I remember one of these, God God rest his soul, he's he's dead now, he was a saxophone player in a band, a guy called, name of Jed Gary. And his words were, we're not gonna let this beep happen, right? And he he, he worked in the building trade and as did somebody else, he measured up Right, and he says, Right, we need so many breeze blocks, so many sheets of plasterboard, so many bits of vent, and so and so. And they they worked in in the evenings, you know, through the night when the bar was shut, and they they bricked up all these windows, put all this ventilation system in uh, for the cost of nothing, just so that the community still had a place for them to come, that community had a place mm-hmm. for them to come and, and to enjoy live music. Brilliant. And I remember we used to sit and look outside for the, the bloody, what do you call it? The environmental health department <laughs> with their, their meters looking at this. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and he used to, you know, we had some fairly big bands coming in and, and the systems that were way beyond the size of this place. And you used to literally crap in yourself at night, you know, when these bands were coming. Somebody's going. To... But anyway, we survived. We survived, and and, and we bought another bar eventually mm-hmm. in Jedbra. So We ended up with two bars and a restaurant, Jedburgh, and uh, we had a good we, we had good fun. I think that's important to say that. But mm. when you when when you're having, you know, I stopped the Merchant Navy because I wasn't having fun anymore. And then I stopped uh, I stopped the bars when I wasn't having any fun. Right. I got to the point where actually this isn't any fun anymore. It's
0: hard work though. Hospitality is one of those sectors, industries, trades, whatever you want to call it, that is all encompassing. It's not, you, you take a home. It is your home. Oh, well, it is your you home. You,
1: you never, yeah. I used to say you never go to bed the same That's day it. as you get up.
0: That's <laughs> yeah.
1: but, you never, you know, you always go to bed the next day, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You get up and you get up on the Saturday morning and you go to bed on the Sunday, and it and it just rolls on and rolls mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it it is hard, but you know it's it's really really nice.
0: Yeah. What was do it you, like working with your brother? How was that as a as a family unit doing it together? How did that go? I, I,
1: do you know, I, I it, it went pretty well. Yeah. It went pretty. I'll, I'll give you why it went pretty well. Yeah. Because I remember. Remember, uh, uh, when you go into business as a partnership, you'll get advice from whoever to say you should have a partnership agreement. Oops. Right? <laughs> so you get a partnership agreement and you get drawn up by your lawyer. And, and to be honest, it's probably money for old rope for the lawyer. Uh, and just insert this and insert that, and charge you, whatever they charged you back in the day. But I never saw that for 10 years. So I just... We we both signed it and then put it away in the drawer. So so we must have done, we must have done okay. You didn't
0: need to see it. We didn't need to yeah. see it.
1: So that mm-hmm. that's a that's proof. But we had we had fallouts and and disagreements and and stuff like that. But ultimately we had uh, a reason to be doing it. Mm-hmm. He 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 had family and I had a wife and, and three kids by that stage. So do you know you need to make it bloody work or else? That's it. Yeah, doesn't there's no, there's no way Doesn't for that. But it's. It's really the what that, that that opportunity to hear people and listen to people and engage with people. People open up quite a bit in a and have a lot of confidence in 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 years. Uh, yeah, I think see in old school ways. I think pubs had a a real. They were a real cornerstone of the community.
0: Yeah, it's a safe place, wasn't it, for a lot of people? And do you think it's still like that as much as it used to be?
1: Uh, I, I I don't know. So yeah. the easy the easy answer, I think, Charlotte, is to say no. Yeah. But I, I couldn't honestly say that because I don't I don't go. Well, this so. is
0: what I, what I was going to get to because I don't really go, and I'm uh-huh. almost thinking maybe back in the day. People did go because that was their safe place. They knew they could go catch up with their mates, no judgment, see a band, all the rest of it. Uh-huh. Do these places exist as much anymore? Maybe they don't. I, no. I, this is genuine. I don't know because uh-huh. I don't go. Uh-huh. But um, I wonder from what you guys had back then, is there an equivalent now that you partake in as a as a punter, I suppose, um, or is it just not not your scene?
1: Yeah, I, 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 I don't... I don't know if anywhere that I could hang my hat on now mm-hmm. and say I feel mm-hmm. that's my safe space. That's yeah. my haven. That's where I find kindred spirits. That's where I can uh, open my yeah open myself up yeah, which is uh, as a as a man
0: yeah
1: as a man and 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 it, it, it's quite it's quite hard it's quite hard yeah. men, men generally I find don't. Uh, they're not as open. No, that's a full three-hour discussion on its own.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's it's one of these where maybe it's just different times. I mean, I remember my granddad would go; he'd go to the pub after his shift on the uh, buses or his shift uh. driving the lorry or whatnot, and that was just the done thing. Uh-huh. And, and my dad, maybe not my dad as much, because he was busy working or he was travelling here or doing this, but. My, now my now partner, so next generation, mm-hmm. Um, he's if he's in the pub maybe once every two months, catch up with a couple of his mates. It's not like a thing where it maybe was more of a social piece beforehand. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I feel like there's not as much of a community in the pub sector as there maybe once was. Um, no,
1: I, if I give you an example, mm-hmm. my wife comes from a village of Ancrum, which is near okay. Jedburgh, okay. if you know that. And... It had a village pub, still has a village pub. Uh-huh. And her grandpa, grandpa, who's long dead, right, even up until he was 80, 80-odd, 80 mm-hmm. the pub was open on weekday during the daytime, yeah. lunchtime. Mm-hmm. He 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 would still go there if, every day, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't drinking or just, he just... He, he, he might have had a rum, yeah. He, yeah. he might have had a smoke in his pipe, whatever it was, but he was being looked after within yeah. that. Community and I, yeah. I think there must still be So it's probably an answer on a postcard Tell us that's where it. Tell yeah. us where these are Where are the best
0: pubs to go And just be yourself And uh-huh. relax And
1: mm-hmm. Yeah But, but uh, I, it, it was, it, I got to that point after It was like the Merchant Navy thing You know after Whatever that was Seven years And he just mm. got to the point saying uh, Nah that, That's enough And I said to my brother I says, I'm, I'm getting out Yeah. We'll sell one. Okay. He wanted to keep the other. Okay. It was an easy thing to do. So we sold that, split the cash, sorted Mm -hmm. the deal out, and off we went. And I'd no, again, I had no idea what I was going to do.
0: Funny that, isn't it? I had
1: three kids. (sighs) No idea.
0: That's a bit of a, well, it's a leap, but you obviously knew deep down you'll find something, you'll get something. You just knew this wasn't for you. Uh-huh. At that point in time, right.
1: you got to have trust in your. I know. Your trust in yourself.
0: What did you do? What was your?
1: So I started applying for uh, some jobs. Uh-huh. And, uh And I remember going for one. Just apply anything that came up, and uh, I went for one as something to do with uh, food wholesaler salesperson. Uh uh-huh. I remember coming up to Glasgow. Outside Glasgow. I'll not say what part in case it gives the game away who (laughs) we are. Anyway, and I remember sitting in there and going through this interview process and I actually came out and I said, Mm. see if they phone me and say I've got the job. I says I didn't want it. I I couldn't. It It was like, you know, all... Hardcore sales and oh, believing in the product and <laughs> and, and, and you know, nothing, everything. You know, I could see me being uh, given 10 lashes if I didn't sell. Oh. It was food products and I'm thinking, my God, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. But I get, you know, it gave you an insight as to, and I went for another interview similar to that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't in the food side of things. But again, I thought, oh my God, if this is how if that's how they're trying to entice you in, like right? if that's if that's the best, it's going to be, oh my god, what's it going to be like when you're actually in there? Yeah, uh, and it's coming to the twenty 29th and thirtieth oh, of, of the month. End of the month, and know you see your following. targets there, and you're only here, and you think, oh no. Oh. So, so I, I, and then there was a job came up in the in the local paper, and I'd never heard of this organisation before. And, and I applied for it, and I really wanted it. I really wanted it, and it was it was an organization called the Princes Scottish Youth Business Trust. Oh yeah, yeah. P-S-Y-B-T. Mm-hmm. And it was for a regional manager mm-hmm. for the borders, and it was to help young people start up and continue in business. Nice. Offering them funding, advice, mentoring, all that sort of stuff, and I applied. And they had to, They said they had to have uh, computer literacy. I, no, I didn't have a computer, I don't think. And uh, you know, you had a computer, but I had to be knowledgeable of Excel, doing oh. cash flows, and all that oh, sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went for the interview, and and I'm still I'm still in touch. She's a very good friend of me. Uh, mine, the person that interviewed me, and she gave me the job. I wasn't a friend of her at the time. Just to just to make that clear, yeah. <laughs> there was no favouritism there. So I so and I got that job, and it, and it was probably it's probably one of the best things that happened to me. Wow. So so I became regional manager for the Prince of Scotland's Business Trust, and I ended up there for so that was nineteen. I don't know it was year. 1999, uh-huh. so it was just before the millennium, uh-huh. and I finished there in 2012. So I was there 12 years. Oh. And I ended up, uh, I did eight years in the borders, and then I took on the role of head of operations for Scotland, mm-hmm. and then ended up director of operations and then director. So I was 12 year, 12 really, and I still, I, I still, uh, speak to people that work there. We just arranged our Christmas party nice. uh, in a few weeks' time for people that work there. And I still bump into so many young people who are not so young anymore.
0: Oh, that you helped with so, their so, business. So that the organisation
1: oh. gave a hand up uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, to with funding and connections and advice and support. And some of these are massive businesses now. Brilliant. Really massive businesses, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I, but that's not a symbol of success whether they're big or small you know big big's not beautiful all the time but the the uh, it, it's the fact that they it changed their that individual's life and gave them an opportunity
0: yeah uh-huh. that's cool but that's a big step within those 12 years the progression that you had, so the top, th- the last three roles that you had there, was that in quite a short period of time? I mean, what yeah.
1: sort of... Yeah, so I, I was regional manager on the borders for eight for years. For eight, okay. And then I was head of operations, then director yep. of operations, then director. Yeah. The chief exec stood down. Yeah. And uh, But it was, a, it was in a period where uh, uh, the prince uh, uh, decided that He shouldn't have as many charities. Right. So he decided that several of them should merge.
0: Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) So our little charity of about probably about forty of us max, maybe thirty five to forty of us, we were to be merged with the Prince's Trust. Ah, okay. Across the whole of the UK. Okay. So uh, that was an experience I'll I'll never forget. That was a year of uh, challenge Uh, and it's broadening the debate around about the word merger gets used but when somebody so small becomes part of somebody so big it's very difficult to uh, see a, 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 a parity Of opportunity, you know, the the decisions have been made already as to what shape things are going to look like in the end. And I I spent quite a bit of time in Glasgow then, and I used to spend quite a few nights just overnight, instead of travelling up and down the borders. Uh, Eventually I moved to Stirling, but when I was travelling, I remember uh, walking along the quayside. Into, into town one day it was about half seven in the morning I was going to the office and there was there was a pot of paint lying there and it was, it was a it was one one of the ones you used to get on on a, on the ships we used to buy for paint the side of the ships mm-hmm. uh, more, I mean you know one of these monster yeah. things that was yeah. metal lid and things like that and I I thought to myself if the big company, the big organisation is that big pot of paint and it's black paint for the side of the ship and this small organisation is about this size, one of these small half a litre mm-hmm. tubs of paint and we are white yeah, and you, you mix it in, that's it. That's it. the paint's going to be pretty black.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: We're not going to have much, and I, and I always remember that walking along the river, and it was like, do you know, I, 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 it's very difficult to make your voice heard in that situation. It's probably one of the toughest years of my life without going. Do you know? It's uh, it, it drove me to uh, pretty much being unwell for a okay. period of time. You know, uh, but through that difficulty I think it makes you a stronger soul cliche it sounds sounds very cliche but sometimes you've got to go through that crap to yeah. to realise what what you have within yourself mm-hmm. what you have within the people round about you. Uh, and what you have within your 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 family, you know, and uh, when I say people round about you, it's the people within work in yeah. that environment. Yeah, but you don't always appreciate the strength that you have until you've you've gone right down to the bottom. Uh, it, it's uh, so that was a year of a year of pretty much torment after after quite a. Mm-hmm. a I think I think it was the. It was probably the opposite. It, it, it probably because the two extremes.
0: Yeah.
1: Because with 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 PSYBT we were really on on the crest of a wave, and doing so much good, and, and it's not that the next that the the next iteration of the organisation was not going to do good for young people. It was that significant. It's off, it was the significance of the change, and the way that things happened, the impacts on on you personally quite a lot, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot to takes a lot to work that out in your head. But I had good, as I said, I had good people round about me in the yeah. workplace, and and I would never have survived if it wasn't for my family. So wow, oh,
0: that's amazing. Hats off to them. I mean, it's it's so true, isn't it? That we're not all great at, at speaking up when we are faced with something that's difficult sometimes we can be quite I know I can hold it in and just get on with it put a happy face on crack on and then eventually you know it all comes out because I can't hold anything in for too long if without having your family friends around you obviously you mentioned your work colleagues as well but and, and you can only talk about however much you want to talk about on, on it, but I think it's an important subject, and mm. I'm sure that many people have dealt with it or are dealing with it and obviously we will also go through it mm. at some point. Other than just kind of talking about it to those around you, what other things did you do and, and, and maybe what was the point that you thought, you know what, I'm actually not going to put up with this anymore and I'm going to do something different? Um, Take that as you will, if, if it's a subject you'd I, want
1: the, to... The, 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 want I mean, to. It, it it came to the point where I it says, it, it's, a, it, it's a consistent thread here, when enough yeah. is enough, yeah. actually. When enough is enough, you, you just stop going. But because of because of the nature of that organisation and the people looked out for each other, and when I took that step up to become the director, yeah. and we were going through that. I focused so much on trying to look after everybody else yeah. that in all of that, I, I, you know, I never really looked after myself mm-hmm. until it got to, and, and you know, everybody would come at you with what was a, a massive issue for them, and you're trying to fix things and fix things and fix things and juggle back and forward and you were the the go-between. And remember, you're not just got 30 or 40 in the staff team. We had some like We had five or 600 volunteers. Jinks, of course. Who all had an opinion on everything. and Eventually, it, it just, uh, it, it just, it just, it just, you know, yeah. took its toll, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget uh, when, when, when it all broke down. Well, thankfully, somebody was there to look after me, you know, and uh, get me away, get me, <laughs> take me home, take and me get home. me to the doctor, you mm-hmm. know, that and which, which was what was needed, you know. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's quite hard for a. We go back to that. Stuff about men, yeah. you know, and men, mm. men, actually accepting that you know. My God, I'm not very well, you know. I yeah. need help on this sort of stuff. Yeah, and that took me out of the system. That took me. That took me. Was it about six or eight weeks?
0: I mean, it's not that long in the grand scheme of things, but it's a considerable amount of time oh, when you're in it, you know. It's well, I, I was D&D. off.
1: I was. I was out. Out of work for out of the system for six to eight weeks. Yeah. And uh, I don't often speak about that. I don't. Often it's just uh, you know, everybody just sees what they see. But you know, I think I when you when you have a breakdown like that, it's it's a tough it's a tough gig, mm-hmm. and uh, it shows. Men don't like to show vulnerability, do they? You know. Women are better than that, I think so. Anyway, <laughs> maybe I'm being stereotypical. <laughs> I'll be shot on this. No, oh, if my wife watches this, she'll be shot.
0: <laughs> but it's the reality because of the society that we live in. Right? It's not a. Uh-huh. It's just because of everyone's perceptions of what uh-huh. a man does and what a woman does doesn't mean to say that that's correct. Uh-huh. Um, but it's an important it's an important one to, to talk about because a lot of, a lot of people, men included, don't talk about it. You know, it's,
1: it's interesting. Uh, from a, from a number of perspectives, but it, it's that having that lived experience of yeah. having had a, a breakdown like that, yeah, and actually, then being in, you know, I I went on to Young Enterprise Scotland mm-hmm. after that, mm-hmm. and then I've I've you know uh, you've got a similar number of staff, similar I number mean, your team, thirty folk, mm-hmm. but you're also engaging with. Uh, other like-minded and similar positioned individuals on a regular basis uh, it gives you a sense of uh, it gives you a a, a a perception or it gives you an insight actually I, I could be speaking to somebody and thinking my god he's he's on the cusp of something here you know I mean I'm not saying I'm a predictor of gloom and doom yeah. but do you know that it's
0: an awareness thing. an
1: awareness yeah. of 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 somebody who's having a difficult time and actually needs a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and needs an arm around the shoulder in a in a conversation yeah uh, so so anyway I I, I I i did zap after that i yeah. I, I, I i jacked the prince's trust <laughs> uh, in July 2013, I think I left. Right. July 2013. Right. Gosh. That was my fond farewell.
0: Well, you know, you stuck it out for a decent amount of time. Well, I lasted Learned the Prince's
1: Trust 12 months in total yeah. since they went from the merger. Yeah. Uh, but I did 12 years of wonderful years with PSYVT. Mm-hmm. I remember. As I was exiting, I spent I, I was sitting at home, uh, and we'd moved to Stirling by this mm-hmm. time. And I knew there was a a massive gap in entrepreneurship support within the ecology sector. Nice, okay. just from my own mm-hmm. knowledge and experience, and uh, I. I decided to create a program for that, and I remember writing, uh, registering domain names and Twitter handles mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. and writing the program for it was going to be called, and uh, it was called Bridge to Business. Nice, and I could have gone and Set up a new. I've considered setting up a new charity to do it and all that sort of stuff, and I, I, I stuck to my guns because I've always said I, 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 I believe there's too many charities, competing for, too much, too little money, and instead of focusing on the issue that mm-hmm. they're trying to solve, and then he's, anyway, so I, I, I had this package, of bridge to business ready and death. instead of setting up something new, I wanted to find out a home for it within a, a sort of an organisation that would make a good space for it. Mm-hmm. And I ended up with Young Enterprise Scotland. Mm-hmm. So that's, so they took it on. I think they were keen to get, it, get the money that the government had said <laughs> they would give me. Because the Scottish <laughs> government said they would give me money for a pilot year. Nice. So, uh, so off I went to Young Enterprise Scotland in August or September of that year, 2013. Mm-hmm. And the Bridge to Business programme was born in city of Glasgow College. Great. And now, 10 years on, still happens in most colleges across Scotland.
0: That's ace, oh it God. So, so that's a good one. So interestingly that they took on your idea, obviously you had a bit of funding behind you, fine. What do you think it was about the program that made Young Enterprise Scotland go? All right, we'll take that. Yeah, we'll give them a chance. We'll give it a go.
1: Uh, I, I think there's an element of the cash. If I'm being brutally honest, <laughs> okay. right? uh, so
0: let's just be realistic. Let's here. be realistic. And it was <laughs> a
1: good time of year. Their their year end was the thirty first of August or whatever it was, and you know, it would be a nice nice yeah. little bundle to roll in. But I think from the that, that 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 could seem quite cynical, but the the from a, a director's perspective, from from those that were overseeing that opportunity, I think they would see something that gave them a new route to market, yep. an increase. Yep. It wasn't doing something that was different. It was just. They were very well known for their work in primary and secondary schools. Mm-hmm. And naturally the environment that they weren't in that was connected to it that was mm. was tertiary education, but mostly, you know, the college sector. And and I suppose at that time and as is now, there's, there's more crossover between secondary and and, and, and college and, and further education. Yeah. Okay. So you'll have you'll have young people uh, who Maybe complete part of their schooling in in schools and mm-hmm. part of their schooling in colleges, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it just seemed to make, it seemed to make common sense. And there was also other programs that Young Enterprise Scotland had that could be plugged in assets, resources. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't like saying you know we we need to create a whole new governance structure. We need a need a new IT system. We need this, that, and everything. Basically, it was just. Great. Just another person and, and, yeah. and, and setting that up. So, yeah. I, so I, I, and I I was there for a year setting that up. And then the chief exec of Young Enterprise stepped down. Mm-hmm. And I took on, they asked me to take on the role of chief exec a year later. So that was in 2000 and I think that must have been 2014, I think, mm-hmm. ish. And I was there until last August as chief executive. So Jeez, Jeez. that's That was a good time. Yeah, and you, you time. enjoyed
0: enjoyed it. How how did that compare to your obviously well, on, you know my, next, yeah. my previous chapters?
1: Uh, uh. That uh, that was tough. Yeah. Uh, it, it 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 was in a. I, I don't think I'd be giving anything away. It was in a because all of the information's in the public domain so you can go into the company's house and have a look but if uh, you looked at uh, the fragility of the organisation in 2014 mm-hmm. we were hanging on by a, <laughs> a, a, a a whisker I was going to say something <laughs> more good but we are hanging on just and we, if it wasn't for the chair. We appoint. They, they appoint a new chair and myself. And uh, this is her words, not mine. She. She's very much. She was very much a street fighter. Okay. And I was a get shit done mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, uh, many might have looked at it and said uh, it's not very strategic, but it wasn't about strategic. At that point, it was about survival. Yeah. Uh, but gradually, as we, uh, uh, I remember, I remember creating a spread, well, uh, I'm not very good with spreadsheets, but my most trusted person in the organization who's still there, she, she created a spreadsheet. And literally, mm-hmm. we used to look at that every morning to see what we're paying and what we're not paying. I'd love to see that spreadsheet now I go back about 11 years we wow. I'd love to go back and look at that would be interesting I uh, yeah. would love to go back yeah. and, uh, but basically we, and, and I think we were speaking offline before about you know tough calls and making yep. people redundant yep. and that, that was that was a hard time that very yep. you know you've just been asked to take this on and you've been working alongside these other people on a on a par just mm-hmm. as one of the team, mm-hmm. uh, and you get asked to take on the chief exec's role in July, and by September and October, <sighs> uh, you're having to have conversations with people about there's not a there's not a role here. It's
0: really tough. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, yep. uh, uh So that that, that but you know, sometimes you've got to cut things back to mm-hmm. start again, mm-hmm. and. Uh, ten years on, they have a huge presence, mm-hmm. big team. Relationships with the Scottish government, mm-hmm. relationships with people internationally. Mm-hmm. They've taken students abroad. Oh, yeah. uh, they have digital presence. So, so it was a good. It, it was something I'm. Pro- if, if 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 there's many things I'm proud of, but that that nine mm-hmm. or ten years were just. Uh, uh, was great, and and the people that stuck had a good recruited a good board of trustees, and mm-hmm. um, and but more they they were great, but the people that stuck with us and grew as a team, I ended up hardly doing. doing it 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 ran itself. The yeah. the, the, the the autonomy within the organisation, the creativity, mm-hmm. very values based, and they just got on and did stuff. Right, and they were uh, they were always trying to do something new and always innovating and and uh i I'll look back at that nine or ten years I think it was there ten years but I think it was nine years a chief example of an issue really yeah yep. I look back on that as uh, as one of the proudest things in my work and life doing that
0: that's so. really cool but you mentioned something there about the team how they were all very autonomous, super creative, innovative, you could trust them, all the rest of it. Do you think that that's in the team member or do you think that comes from the leadership? How, how do we get the teams to be more like that? Are they just like that as people and that's why we've hired them? Or is there stuff we can do as leaders to help get more out of your team in that way? Uh,
1: I, I, as leaders, we have a responsibility to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know uh, uh, it's a responsibility? The anybody that doesn't do that, they, they, they shouldn't be there. They, they honestly shouldn't be there. And the the answer to a problem, the best thing to do with anything lies in the hands of the person that's closest to that. Right. And and you you uh, you know, uh, assume permission. And expect forgiveness. Yeah. Let, let people do what they need to do. Now, there will always be an occasion where actually the chief exec or the director, whoever it is, the person responsible, is going to say, "Stop it there, Harry. I'm, I'm going to have to say that that's yeah. we're, we're pausing that just now because actually it, it's just not the right thing, or whatever it might be." There's and, and there's way there's right ways to do that, but. You 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 need to give people the the freedom to you need to give them the freedom to fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have to have the freedom to fail because if they don't if they don't if they don't fall off the bike, right, then then actually do you know the. They don't realise how sore it is when you fall off the bike, and yeah. and then encourage them to get back on and and and, and try it again. Yeah. It's all the cliches under the sun, but it's so <laughs> it's so true. But the point you asked earlier about, that, you know, is it is it leadership, in a, and yes, it is leadership responsibility. But there there is an element of who you recruit in to the to the roles in the in the first instance, and uh, we we got rid of. Anything to do with uh, de- degrees are wonderful things, right? But the the, the it it wasn't a, it wasn't a, an important factor in our hiring. Uh, the other important factor for us was uh, diversity in in recruitment, uh, 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 particularly in age. Uh, an experience and you know we we had all of that and the way that we interviewed was we 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 used four questions we had four core values and the questions were all about you know attitudes and experiential uh, uh, experiences that those people people had had around about those values, yep. and they might not have known it, but if they'd done their homework and they saw our our values were, you know, were, were key to us, and uh, that that was the so so, yes, there is an element of 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 getting the people right in the first instance, but you'll never get it always right. That's, That's it. I, I don't think anyway. Hmm? I don't think you'll ever get it always right, and I think that the, the just before just before i finished was uh, we got investors in people platinum okay and uh, that uh, that was a that was one of my happiest days getting mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i was I, i'll be honest i was never a huge fan of investors in people mhm and i would have chucked it out the door <laughs> uh, when i first came in because I saw this report and it was more red on it, Ooh. and I actually thought, you know, I can't be asked with this. <sighs> what value is it going to be? And I listened to the person who was closest to it, who's still there, and she says, "We've got to, we've got to fight to keep that, and use that as a, use that as a gauge to see yeah. how we're doing." Yeah. Okay. And we did, and we ended up brilliant. IIP platinum. Brilliant. I also never nearly threw out the SQA oh, yeah. centre status as well because <laughs> I saw a report that had red <laughs> all over it.
0: Oh, we're just ingrained to having seen the red on reports or tests or anything. It just—it's PTSD. I, I, I just know? said,
1: "Oh, I should, I should get, get rid of that." And, yeah. and 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 the other person, I I asked, I asked a few people, and they said, "Jeff, don't chuck that out." Yeah. It's just—you'll never get it back. Repair it. And work hard. So we did. Brilliant. So, right.
0: God, so yeah. a great number of years there. And then that ended, did you yeah. say just last year?
1: August, July, July, end of July last year, 2022, right. I finished.
0: So you've had a year uh-huh. of not being an employee, technically. Yeah. yeah. How's that been?
1: Marvellous. Yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first few months were, were, were pretty, pretty difficult, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you, you become, as, as, as much as much as you give autonomy to the team, there, there's people still looking for a wee nod of thanks or an approval or, right, just wee nudge here and a wee nudge there. So when you had 30 people running around you and all these volunteers, you were quite a busy person yeah. always doing that.
0: In demand? It, mm-hmm. Aye.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and then for that, moving into doing stuff yourself, uh, it, it become quite different. Uh, I think once the turn of the year came, you know, whether it was a psychological thing and a new calendar year, new year, actually I felt more positive about that. And I also started, I I've I got a contract now I'm working with the STV Children's Appeal. Nice. Part of it, nice. so looking after their grant assessment. So well I, nice. I find the, the charities to support and then work with them. So I do a small amount of work for them, and then I, I've been really blessed in working with the uh, with the Hunter Foundation on a project uh, that they're funding with BBC Children in Need, nice. uh, which is called What Matters to You. Okay, and it, I, I think it. We've used the word community quite a bit Uh, and this is all about community Uh, and it's all about listening to the voice of people in communities, particularly communities where they're never given any time, they're never given any respect, where services are pushed down to them and actually working with them to actually learn from them what they would like to see happen in the community and helping them to be able to achieve that mm-hmm. and then coming back in over the top and working with the chief executive council and the senior leadership of the council mm-hmm. and actually uh, encouraging systemic change in the way that they work mm-hmm. and changing the, the way that they invest in services and putting more into frontline preventative. Autonomizing spend within that community to the local leaders that understand where that money needs mm-hmm. to be spent and actually bringing out the, the qualities that are in people within these communities. Uh, we took 12, I don't know if you know Dundee very well, yeah. Charleston, yeah, Do you know yeah. Charleston, mm-hmm. part of the Strath Martin, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, part of Lockheed Ward. We took 12 women from there that we've been working with to uh, a place called, I think it's Ducali some people call it Duckley. It's near Glen Eagles, anyway. It's not, yep. the, it's not the big Glen Eagles. It's a mini, mini version. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we took them there, and it's probably one of the most inspiring experiences of my life to see these women on a values-based leadership experience mm-hmm. coming out themselves, and it's about releasing the strengths within them. I am sounding quite biblical, and it? it's not, it's not biblical I mean, in any way. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's about releasing that stuff, and some of the stuff they're going to do in that community and uh, if you take a step into Charleston and you see the worlds within which these women are living uh, it, it, it it's change of the highest magnitude wow. and I get quite I get quite emotional when I see all that happening mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, I think we should have sponsored that last experience at Ducali with Kleenex but you know what I mean it was just it's so such a and I was back there last Friday, week past Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to see the change and the improvement and the positivity uh, in terms of these women looking to take things into control for their own hands. Mm-hmm. Now, our, uh, now our job is to work with them and support them, but we're also working with practitioners. So mm-hmm. people from health, people from community learning and development, people oh, from yeah. housing, the local primary school, head teacher. And enabling them, have a different mindset and doing stuff mm-hmm. differently. And the real secret sauce will be when we get all of these practitioners yeah. and parents in the same room. Yes, it's it's so 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 it's it it comes back to uh, and I think actually it, that takes it right back to community, but mm-hmm. it takes it right back to 1977. There you go. 1977 and DIY, doing go. it yourself, and yeah. realizing that actually get up off your backside but some people need a wee bit help to get Absolutely. off their backside mm-hmm. and actually encouragement and support and uh, the more of that that we can do uh, the, 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 the better it'll be for for everybody you know.
0: And you know thank God there's people like you that are there to help orchestrate all that support because you know it's, it's not easily accessible I don't think for a lot of people so.
1: It's, it's not but thank God those women are there. That's right. Do you know what I mean? That's so right. it, 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 that works both ways. It, it, yeah. Do you know actually? I I would be I'd be deadly square up yeah. there in, in Dundee <laughs> if uh, and, and I don't come from Dundee, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm also we're also starting this working clock manager now as well. And you're thinking, I, I, they're, they're nev- it needs to be somebody local, yeah. Right? And, and we've got a wonderful woman in Charleston, right? Yeah. Her name's Elspeth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and she, the, the the community have that. Confidence. Yes, that's what they need. You have the trust in her. Yeah. And the only the, if it wasn't for her, and and the, you could say it's sad. You could say who cares. But the reason we got those eighteen families together and twelve women went away, is we we put stuff on for them in the community. Mm-hmm. And if the hook was the fact it food was the hook. And they're able to feed their kids and have a bit of chill time without mm-hmm. worrying about how they're going to do things on a Monday night. If that's what ha- takes to make that happen, then do you know, that's all forgotten about now. Mm-hmm. Now they're, they'll be they'll be marching on the city hall in Dundee yeah. in, in a few days' time, demanding demanding more, yeah. and that's just yeah. great stuff. You know, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful G- to see.
0: I love that. So good. What a man of many colours. And I love it how we've kind of come round in a circle right back to 1977.
1: 1977. And my radio show is called Evolution 77.
0: <laughs> there you Leo. go. Because everything started Plug. in 77.
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: <laughs> Jeff, listen, thank you so much. What a great chat. So many good bits. So Superb. so much. Thank you, so you for much. having me, Sean. Of okay. course. Okay. Okay. Of course. See you soon. All good. Bye.
1: Bye.